Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today we're going to spend the whole show with former President Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows. He's got a brand new book coming out at the end of the year, The Chief's Chief. He was there for January 6th. He was there for the Afghan withdrawal plan. He was there for all of the pandemic. And I think he has some pretty strong words to talk about. Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, Nancy Pelosi stories you have not heard because they've been suffocated by the mainstream media. We're going to get real facts, real specifics from the chief's chief, Mark Meadows, the former White House chief of staff to Donald Trump, the author of a brand new book coming out, the chief's chief. You're going to want to get that. I'm tweeting out a special link that you can use for that on a daily basis. You should go buy the book. It is a great read, a must read. I'm super excited. It comes out in December. You know what the best part about it is? Mark Meadows sticks with facts. He's a fact guy. He makes sure that what he says is backed up by evidence and facts. That's how he helped unravel the Russia collusion case and so much more. And this book is going to give you anecdotes and facts that have been suffocated from the public dialogue for a long time. On my Twitter feed, there is a specific link that you can use to go order the book early. Take advantage of that. It's an important moment. And pre-buy the book. Get in line. Be first to be able to read this in December. You'll be armed to talk to your friends and your colleagues about the facts that you didn't know about January 6th, about the pandemic, about President Trump, about China. Mark Meadows was there. He was an eyewitness in the room. A lot of the people... Uh, who have books out right now are hearing hearsay. They're second or third person. Bob Woodward is talking to other people getting information, not Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows is front and center in the room for everything he writes about in this book. That is why you got to buy it. It is going to be a blockbuster. And on the Twitter feed right now, we have that link for you. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, our exclusive interview with Mark Meadows, former White House Chief of Staff, the top aide to President Trump, and uh, former congressman from North Carolina, and of course, the founder of the Conservative Partnership Institute, which is beginning to have a profound effect on the conservative movement, helping conservatives achieve their goals day in and day out. That's Mark Meadows up next, right after this commercial break. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, a very special guest, the former chief of staff to President Donald Trump, the former congressman from the great state of North Carolina, the author of a brand new book that you must buy. It's going to be out in December, The Chief's Chief. Joining us right now, Mark Meadows. Mark, welcome to the show. Uh, John, it's great to be with you. And I, I want to just tell all those that have tuned in, how they need to have a real thank you to uh, you for bringing the truth each and every day. Uh, obviously, when I was in Congress and also in the White House, you were one of the few that I could count on to actually get the news out there in a real way. And, and I mean that in the most sincere and flattering way possible, because you you work all, all hours of the day and night. I can get you almost any time <laughs> if it's important you to the too. American people. So thanks. Uh, yeah, thank thanks you so very much. kind. You're, you're making me blush as an Irishman, which is hard to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, speaking of truth, you have a lot of truths coming out in your brand new book, The Chief's Chief. I'm really excited about this. It's out in a few weeks. We're going to give everybody a link today on Twitter to go and get a pre-sale and go buy it early. Tell us a little bit about what motivated you to write this book and what you think its importance is to the public dialogue right now. Yeah, so I think we've got a lot of authors that are out there trying to give their perspective of who Donald J. Trump was as yeah. a president, as a candidate, as an individual. And bluntly, you and I know that a lot of that uh, is being written from 
third-hand account. Some yeah. of it's just fabricated. And so I wanted to bring uh, the reader inside uh, the room. And so there's a, a whole lot of stories that, quite frankly, uh, you could only get had you been in the room with uh, the president and I. Uh, and and yet I also wanted to kind of share some of the backstory, John, the fights uh, that we had internally uh, with Dr. Fauci and some right. uh, th- with uh, Secretary Esper and General Milley that now have kind of bubbled up. Uh, We'll give you a little bit of the background there uh, as well. But it it goes well beyond that, how he makes decisions, how quickly he made decisions, and uh, some of the the false things that are out there about the president that that people... don't really know. You and I know it uh, because we've we've dealt with him uh, both professionally uh, from your standpoint yeah. and serving for uh, serving with him uh, from my standpoint. But uh, you know they they acted like he didn't have a work ethic and and you and I I mean he would call me in the middle of the night some three eighteen was uh, a.m. was <laughs> the uh, call that I remember the most you know he gave me a list of things that he wanted me to get done and then he was checking up with me again the next morning at seven thirty to see what kind of progress I'd made and he he left no stone unturned when yeah. it came to to actually uh, trying to help the American people you got to see that as a journalist. I sure did. I got did. to see that up in close and personal. Yeah, I remember I was in Houston one day. I was uh, on, a, on a trip and uh, the phone rang at 1230 Houston time, which, by the way, is 130 Washington, D.C. time in the morning. And the president had just read something that I had wrote. And he just wanted to call me and, and say, hey, that's really interesting. I thought that might have been the case. And I thought, hey, it's 130 your time. You say, yeah, I'm just getting going. I got a diet or Coca-Cola here and I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is so true. I mean, uh, he got his Diet Coke and, uh, (laughs) you know, he would go on three to four, maybe five hours uh, if it was a good night in terms of the amount of sleep. But it was interesting, you know, him making that call to you. A lot of times what he would do is read things and then he would want to call and verify it because there is so much fake news out there. And so he would want to know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. And, And he did that even in the Oval Office, I talk about how he did this thing I call creative chaos. And he would actually get two people with with two different points of view, allow them to debate each other right in front of him, and then make a quick decision based on how passionate and how articulate those arguments were. It seemed to serve him very well. Yeah, it's a CEO's approach. And he was a tireless worker. I mean, all days and night. I, I just, you know, from my own reporting, it was never in doubt that he was always, always on, always working on something, always moving something forward. And, and uh, you know, you get this, this made up narrative, this contrived narrative that um, uh, it's going to be great to see your book because I think it'll really set the record straight. When you talk about Fauci, as you look back, obviously some historic things were accomplished on the Trump watch with the pandemic, the fastest speed to market of any vaccine in American history. Um, uh, but uh, what were some of the stories behind the scenes of Fauci's obstructionism that, I, that the American people don't know about yet? Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is is that a lot of it got lost in terms of the whole battle over hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. 
And, uh, but it was really the, the lack of going after therapeutics. You know, everybody talks about the vaccine and how right. quickly uh, it was got, it got to market. But one of the big things that the president kept pushing for was therapeutics. He knew that if we had something to actually treat this once you got it, that the American people would look very differently and, uh, at it. And, and the FDA and Dr. Fauci, uh, they kept giving what I call the bureaucratic Heisman. They would put that arm out and say, well, you know, let's don't work right. on that. We've got other priorities. The other is is just uh, sadly how many times uh, Dr. Fauci would make uh, comments publicly that were either not based on science or uh, certainly not vetted by the White House. And we would find out after he went on uh, TV. And so there were a few heated moments where his, you know, his chief of staff, I was calling him out or calling Dr. Collins, Francis Collins, the head of NIH out. And so we talk a little bit more about that, but the inconsistencies that continue yeah. to happen, even when Dr. Fauci very early on, uh, whether it was about mask, I mean, you know, he had three different positions on a two position issue on mask. <laughs> and uh, and so, so we do talk about that as well. Yeah, it's such an important thing. And you know, he's continued to do that even to the current president, President Biden. He's been out front on things that the White House had to roll him back even in the Biden White House. He seems to be the, you know, you fought and really, I think more than any other person in Congress exposed what a permanent bureaucracy can do to a president if it wants to be the resistance. And you exposed it step by step. Is he sort of the ultimate example of a bureaucrat who's been so ingrained for so long, he thinks he is the president, he's, he has command over the president? Well, yeah, or or that uh, literally the president, he's there to give advice, but he doesn't listen a whole lot. And and what happens is serving so many different presidents as Dr. Fauci has, you know, he, he feels like he can run and run to the tune of his own drum major or the beat of the, the drum <laughs> of his own drum major. Yeah. And the sad part about that is that he would go out and say things and I'd say, you know, Tony, one, that's not true. Two, uh, even if it were true, uh, you you don't have the authority to go out and make a position for the White House. And right. yet he's become a hero status to those on the left. Many of us realize that uh, this pandemic continuing to go on continues to put him on TV. And uh, so many of the things he was more off base on a lot of his calls than he was on his pitch, throwing out the ceremonial pitch for the Nationals. <laughs> well, that's saying uh, something. <laughs> yeah. Way to the left. Way yeah. to the left. Yeah, listen, I think that's it. And, you know, the fact that he's still on TV is the ultimate sign that he's failed, right? He has not been able to get this pandemic under control. And if it weren't for the vaccines, we'd almost have nothing. And that was really President Trump and you and others driving that, that decision making. Well, and one thing I did think of one other thing, though, I mean, Dr. Fauci essentially embraced more of a herd immunity kind of tactic early on he and did. then criticized others for jumping on the bandwagon. And and even now, as they look at it, uh, you know, the, the percentages they get, they want to ignore the natural immunities that millions of uh, Americans yeah. have because they, they've uh, actually had COVID and, and have recovered. Listen, there's no doubt that it's 
it's it's a, a, a deadly uh, you know virus. But the other thing is very early on. Uh, with children, uh, we knew that flu was actually more dangerous to children than COVID, and yet uh, that's by the CDC numbers, and right. and yet uh, it was not being put out there. In fact, if anything, it they pretended like it was uh, not the case. Yeah, Francis Collins has announced his retirement in the next year. Do you think the country would be well served if Dr. Fauci stepped down or was removed? Oh, without a doubt. I think at this point, uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, when we start to see some of the origins of the Wuhan lab and the fact that Dr. Fauci uh, was very much in favor of funding that Wuhan lab, uh, in the book, I talk about how uh, we actually made the decision uh, late one night to cut off the funding. But that was not the last that we heard from uh, HHS or those that wanted to send uh, hardworking American taxpayer dollars to China. They still want to advocate, but yet the the president was uh, very consistent that uh, we shouldn't be funding it. And quite frankly, he didn't even know why we were funding it in the first place. So we we talk about that as well. Wow. Amazing stuff. And and has anyone ever gone back and seen if the president actually, so President Obama had frozen gain-of-function research because of its potential danger. And then it gets reversed under President Trump, but it's not clear that President Trump or the White House signed off on that reversal. Did they take that action universally or is that an open question? Yeah, it's it's uh, I'm not aware of any action in the West Wing where that was reversed. And so we're trying to get to the bottom of it. Obviously, uh, when when that happened, I called uh, Secretary Azar and I said, why in the world are we uh, are are we funding this lab? And so it was not as much gain of function. It's just why are we sending money to China when they won't be transparent? They won't be held accountable for what they've done. Why do we continue to send America? taxpayer dollars. Since that time, it's become a lot more obvious that this was a deliberate decision that was made, uh, even though Dr. Fauci under sworn testimony said it wasn't gain of function. Uh, Senator Rand Paul is right. By by the very definition of the yeah. way that uh, the kind of research they were doing, it certainly is gain of function to anybody that uh, can read a dictionary. Yeah, and I think some of the frontline scientists who uh, were involved in it now do acknowledge it meets that definition. The only one who's still lying out there is is Dr. Fauci on a, on a different defense line. I want to switch for a second because one of the most extraordinary moments that you were in charge at the White House as the chief of staff was the January 6th riot. And it feels a lot like Russia, right? There's one story the day comes out and the left owns it for six months or so. And then all of a sudden, day by day, that story erodes and falls away. That's what happened to Russia collusion because of the great work you did and Devin Nunes did. It seems like that's happening now. And you're you're great reporting. You're very humble there, but it was your great reporting, John. So thanks so much. The facts were all there. I mean, that's the amazing thing. And January 6th is beginning to have that sort of story in reversal aura to it. And, you know, we see the video yesterday that came out with BuzzFeed where you see the cops letting people in and not trying to stop them. And uh, you, you see some of the issues. I'm very interested in Nancy Pelosi because she's the mayor of the Capitol. She is the woman that runs the Capitol. On the day of January 6th, you're the White House chief of staff. You're one heartbeat from the president. Does she ever call and ask for any help? Does she ever engage you during the moment when the rioting was going on? No. Uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, never called. Uh, and, and interestingly enough, as you mentioned, uh, we she 
her staff at least had my cell phone number right. uh, where they could have reached me very easily because we had been dealing on the COVID relief package and talking on a pretty regular basis until she figured out that actually Secretary Mnuchin might be better to talk to than Mark Meadows from, from a, <laughs> a standpoint of getting a higher number. Yeah. yeah uh, but uh, no, she never did call. And, you know, and I don't want to get in. I, I mean, as you know, I've I been know. subpoenaed to come before their yeah. commission. And so I can't get into any of the specifics as it relates to, you know, my discussions with the president or right, what right. happened uh, in and around that. But I can say that some of the real questions that need to be asked by this commission is, is why did Nancy Pelosi not engage uh, with with me or, or the president? Why why indeed do we, we still now? You know, she did make an inquiry. I, I oh, will yeah? say this. Uh, uh, she made an inquiry about what time, you know, our members could actually get their lunch. Uh, that wasn't, uh, really? I wasn't in the room when that happened, but what, uh, you know, so with, where does that call come into? Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was actually with some of our, uh, department of defense people later on. Uh, but it was, was not, uh, necessarily early on. And, and, uh, I can, I can share that because that was not part of uh, a call that came into the West right. wing, but, you know, I find it amazing you know, that she was more, uh, interested in their culinary, uh, <laughs> Uh, position than they are in in anything else. Now, listen, that's not to under uh, not to suggest that's right. What happened on January sixth yes. shouldn't have happened. It's wrong. Uh, there's no one, no one to my mind. In fact, no one that I know of in the West Wing that knew that there would be a security breach at the Capitol. Uh, but I also know, and it's been publicly reported. Uh, that the president actually had asked uh, for up to 10,000 National Guard troops right. uh, to be available to Nancy Pelosi and to Mayor Bowser. And uh, and unfortunately, they uh, they did not take him up on that. But he did put them on the ready. Uh, and, and that's why they were able to respond as quickly as they did. Yeah, it's remarkable. And that gets lost in the narrative almost every day. But now oh, you're does. starting. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it does. Well, I mean, so here two days prior to that, he says, let's make sure that we have 10,000 uh, National Guard troops. And so that was communicated uh, in a variety of places. And and the reason for that, interestingly enough, is he knew there was going to be so many people coming there. Right. But he had remembered what happened to Senator Rand Paul and what happened to some of the guests when they came out of the South lawn That's right. uh, during the Republican National Co uh, Convention. Right. And what he didn't want is this whole chaos to erupt with counter protesters and, and the like. And yet, uh, largely, that was ignored uh, on January 6th and prior to that by, by those that should be making the decision and perhaps should uh, illuminate this, this uh, very partisan commission that's been set up. So, yeah. So the president, two days in advance, makes this asset available. Nancy Pelosi doesn't activate it or ask for it or accept it. Then on the day of, she's not calling the president when the president's in a position to help, except maybe to check with the Pentagon and find out when their lunch can be delivered in the chaos. Do I have that storyline basically right? Yeah, that 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 is uh, basically right, you know. And so uh, when when they start digging down into all of this, listen, they've had two impeachments already. Yep. Generally, when you have an impeachment trial, you do the investigation prior to that. They've already found the president guilty uh, for this particular offense, and now yeah. they're they're trying to to uh, gather information to, I guess, uh, support the decision they've already made.
It's uh, it's been the way all these investigations have been run by the Democrats. Write the conclusion, then find the facts rather than you know be open. There's a lot to learn about January 6th that we could all be smarter from. It was a bad day and, and a lot of security failures occurred. But that doesn't seem to be the abject focus of this of this commission. Now, you knew you knew Benny Thompson, right? You, you were friendly with all those members. Who is really pulling the strings here? Is he in charge or is this an Adam Schiff light operation? Yeah, listen, uh, we I think we saw Adam Schiff out selling his book the yeah. other day yes, and, uh, you know, um, and making a lot of comments, uh, you know, certainly uh, Chairman Thompson, uh, it, you know, it's it's his jurisdiction. But uh, like with so many things that happen on Capitol Hill, it's the Adam Schiff show. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, it is sadly it's taken on a very partisan uh, effort, but it's just a continuation of a partisan effort that President Trump had to face each and every day that he was in the White House and continues to face even now that he is uh, no longer the occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. And he seems resilient. I, I, as you look at him now, Bob <laughs> Woodward said something the other day that I think is actually really true. And that is that he's probably the most powerful, impactful ex-president in American history. When you look at the the sway that he has and the attention that he has and the popular, he goes to Iowa, he's more popular now than when he won the state by eight points in November. Uh, what does that say about the American people and their connectivity to the Trump doctrine, to the Trump policies? And what does it mean for the next four years for Republicans? Well, he is uh, certainly, uh, that's one of the few times that I would actually agree, agree. with Bob Woodward. But right. uh, so he, he's correct in that. It, it, he's the most sought after uh, political figure from an endorsement standpoint. It makes yeah. the biggest difference. I've never seen anything like it in the history of politics ever, you know, where uh, an endorsement from one candidate can be there. But to answer your question specifically, he will continue to stay involved. He is, you know, as you know, I, I talked to to him multiple yeah. times a week. And uh, and so he's going to continue to stay involved, not just with those other candidates, but he's going to continue to stay involved with the policies that matter. And Joe Biden's done such a, a bad job in the first nine months that, uh, you know, I think the president's comment to me the other day was, could you imagine it would get this bad this quick? And, and the answer is no. Uh, even though you know that it was a lurch to the left, you knew they were going to run to the left. Uh, but from Afghanistan to the border, to uh, rising uh, prices in gas and food, uh, to really uh, paying people to stay home to a supply chain that's going to affect Christmas. It's a real problem. And, uh, and so he's going to stay involved. He continues to stay involved, both from a policy standpoint. Uh, I was talking to a couple of people considering uh, running for higher office today. And uh, their big question to me is, is can I get President Trump to endorse it? I'm, you know, everybody wants to out MAGA the other one. <laughs> true. Uh, and, and, you know, and they were always on, you know, it was interesting, always on President Trump's team, but but that's not always the case. And so uh, he's got a good team around him. Uh, he'll continue to, to actually push those policies. And as you compare those to the Biden's policies, to the debacle that we have right now, what you're going to start to see is even those who may not have voted for him, and I've talked to several of them, said, well, I didn't vote for President Trump. I right. voted for Biden. And now, you know, they would trade his tweeting for, um, you know, lower prices and better gas prices and, and, uh, and really for a better withdrawal from Afghanistan that didn't cost 13 service members uh, their, the ultimate sacrifice of their life. 
Yeah, it is such an amazing thing. And and Trumpism is going to be on the ballot in 2024, whether President Trump is uh, the candidate or not, because people like the policies, even if they were upset with the tweets, they love the policies. And now that they've seen the reversal of those policies at the border, Afghanistan, they're longing for those policies. Again, even Democrats, I was out in Milwaukee, I met a lot of blue voters, and they're like, you know what, I got to admit, things were a lot better under Donald Trump. And that uh, people are now beginning to realize that they, they have some buyer's remorse. China is one place that I'm fascinated by. And you know, the Afghan withdrawal showed us that General Milley had some pretty significant failures here. But quietly, despite all the rhetoric that Joe Biden was going to change every aspect of the China relationship, he's pretty much kept the Trump policies in place because they're working. Isn't that true? Well, he's he's kept the Trump policies in place. But here's the danger part of that. Uh, the Trump policies need to stay in place uh, because they were the right policy for the right time. And actually, if anything, uh, the swamp uh, on the Republican side of the aisle would push back more on Donald Trump sometimes than some of uh, yeah. my Democrat colleagues uh, from, point. from when I served in, in Congress. Here's the other, the, the real problem. The Trump policies will not work without a strong personality in the Oval Office. And we saw that with the meeting that the Chinese had with the United States early on. Yeah, uh, got rolled. No, he got rolled. And and here's the thing is they believe that a weak leader will ultimately uh, capitulate and 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 turn the other way, turn their back, so to speak, pun intended, uh, like Joe Biden's turning his back on so many Americans right now. And and what we're seeing is, is whether it's in the Middle East or China, um, the one thing that they did respect, uh, and it's why President Trump, why a, a number of even his his uh, greatest adversaries admire the way that he was willing to make tough decisions in a critical time. We need that back. And so if Joe Biden doesn't have that along with the policy, then we're going to run into a real problem. Yeah, such an important point that being able to back up the policy with decisiveness is what our enemies and our, our allies are looking at. I want to take you to one last place. I keep hearing when I watch these hearings, the likes of Blinken and others saying the Trump administration didn't leave us a plan for the Afghan withdrawal. You were there. You saw every aspect of it. I've talked to Cash Patel, had him on the show. He said we had a, a detailed plan for every aspect. Is that a false statement when those Biden witnesses make those claims? It's 100% false. And in fact, if you read kind of between the lines, they didn't leave a plan. Actually, if anything, we did leave a plan. We executed the plan while I was there. Yeah. Cash and I were in the Oval Office oftentimes as we talked about the withdrawal, because the president was very clear. He wanted to get out of these endless wars, and Afghanistan was one of those. But he also did a condition withdrawal. Yeah. I talk about that in the book. I mean, I actually, uh, at the very end of the book, uh, in the epilogue, I talk about the difference between a uh, Trump withdrawal and what we're seeing now. And quite frankly, uh, some of the back and forth where uh, General Milley and them suggested that we ought to leave all this equipment there. Right. And the equipment's a big deal. You know, $83 billion of American taxpayers' treasure left there for the Taliban to <laughs> drive around in uh, American-made Humvees and, and the like. But here's the, here's the other issue. It wasn't about leaving that behind. It was about leaving the American people yeah. behind. Why Our would citizens. you do it the way that they did and then let out all these prisoners 
ultimately, it was a prisoner out of the very jail that they let out a few days before, uh, according to public reports, that actually yeah. was the one that was the suicide Killed bomber that took the 13 lives of, of our troops. And yeah. so, you know, uh, the, the president was very clear. Let's condition the removal. Let's make sure that we get all of our people out, all of our assets out. And at the same time, keep the base. And if you can't keep the base, uh, you know, there, there was a, a very detailed instruction on what we should do with that. And all that's left behind. We're not getting an honest story on that. I have a funny feeling Congress will ultimately get us an accurate story out of that. But it's such a travesty. Mark, real quickly, the, the Conservative Partnership Institute is so influential. Everywhere I go, people are talking about the engagement, the activities. How can people follow what you're doing? How do you describe CPI's mission? Because it's such a fascinating organization. Well, you're very kind to say that. CPI.org, uh, you can learn more about us. We're actually working with conservative members and senators. What we like to be is that invisible hand that helps with the strategy and the tactics. Uh, if bad things are going to happen, we want to make sure that they happen at a much slower pace. Uh, <laughs> we're there to actually equip the conservative movement yeah. uh, and, and do that and work with all the great conservatives that are out there to try to help them. Obviously, getting communication out there, supporting what you're doing and some of the efforts that you're doing a yeoman's job on. We're there to support you and we'll continue to do that. Uh, you may not, we may not be a household name, but hopefully we're the, the one on speed dial when people need help for getting conservative uh, things done in Congress. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of great news about it all over the country. So people are feeling that impact. And the most important thing, everybody, I'm going to send this link out on Twitter in a couple seconds. Go out and buy pre-order right now. I've already done mine. The Chief's Chief, the ultimate book by Mark Meadows. This will be the best read of the year. Go get it on Amazon. I'm going to give you a special link today so that you can go on Twitter and just click on it. And it's one step and you're there. It's a great book. Mark, congratulations on the book. Congratulations on everything you're doing. And a special thank you for being on the show today. Well, my pleasure to be here. A special thank you to you, John, for uh -huh. all that you do. Keep writing and keep informing the American people. God bless. I will. You too, sir. Thank you very much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.US slash Just News. That's AMAC.US forward slash Just News. 
Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. Thank you so much for joining us. A special thanks to Mark Meadows for spending so much quality time with us. Man, that story about Nancy Pelosi wanting lunch but not troops, that's an amazing anecdote that's got to be out there to remind people about. You heard him call for Anthony Fauci to step down. In fact, he said his calls on the pandemic were worse than the first pitch he threw out at that Washington Nationals game. Remember that embarrassing pitch that was way off, didn't even reach the catcher? Well, uh, that's Mark Meadows' way of saying Anthony Fauci didn't hit his mark either on giving America the right prescriptions to fight the pandemic. Two very powerful statements from someone who was in the room and saw these things. Now, speaking about being in the room, you can put yourself in the Oval Office when Donald Trump was president. How are you going to do that? By going to Amazon right now. Click on the link that I sent out in my Twitter feed. Jay Solomon Reports is my Twitter feed. There's a link. You click through and you get to Mark Meadows' book, The Chief's Chief. It's coming out in December. You can order it early. You know what you can do? If you order it in large numbers, you bring Mark Meadows up the list on Amazon and popularity, and more and more people will see it. It'll surface in their feeds. So you'll achieve two things. If you go out and click on the link on my Twitter feed right now to Mark Meadows, one, you'll get a great book, one that will be fact-based, eyewitness no baloney, no third-hand, anonymous source stuff like so many of the crappy books are today. Mark Meadows was in the room. You're going to want to hear that. And you're going to help him move up the Amazon list so that more people who haven't heard the podcast yet will know the book's available and go out and buy it. Those are two things you can accomplish with one click from my Twitter feed. Go do that right now. Jay Solomon Reports. That's at Twitter. Go click on the link for the Mark Meadows book and you'll set him on his way towards not only selling a lot of books, but helping the American people get truth in the midst of so much fiction. You know, Mark is a guy who unraveled the Russia collusion scandal through his work as a congressman, using the powers, subpoena and documents. He did that. He navigated the president through an impeachment 
actually two impeachments, one when he was in Congress, one when he was in chief of staff. He knows what happened during the pandemic. He knows where Anthony Fauci's real recommendations were. He knows what happened on January 6th. He knows what Nancy Pelosi wanted. Sandwiches, not troops. (laughs) Figure that one out. That is an important eyewitness account that you can all get by getting this book. The Chief's Chief. Click on the link at Jay Solomon Reports right now. It'll be easy to get to and you'll be up and running on a great book. It comes out just before Christmas in December. It's a great book to give as a gift. It's a great one to read yourself and be armed for all of those holiday political conversations that you know, I know. You always say, "Ah, we're not going to have conversations about politics at Thanksgiving or Christmas. You always do, don't you? I do. I know my family. We try not to, but we have it anyways because politics matters and our lives are being changed profoundly by the decisions that are made in Washington, currently by Joe Biden, previously by Donald Trump. And those are all things that you can spend a lot of time absorbing. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Last homework assignment. Go to Jay Solomon Reports at Twitter right now. Click on the link for the Mark Meadows book and go buy that book. You'll be doing yourself a favor. You'll get some facts and information and you will be moving Mark Meadows up the Amazon popularity list so that other people will see the book. It'll surface in their feeds when they're on their Amazon apps and Amazon websites. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. Tomorrow we'll be back with another great interview. I think we have the former ambassador to China, Terry Branstadt, the former governor of Iowa. He was there implementing the China policies. He knows what happened on the Wuhan lab. He knows what happened in the trade discussions, and he can compare to what Joe Biden's doing. That's going to be a great interview tomorrow. Terry Branstad, former governor of Iowa, former ambassador to China, another front row seat witness to history. You're going to want to talk to him next. All right. That wraps it up for the day, folks. Have a good night. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country, the United States, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion. Hunter Biden and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.